Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Welcome back to the podcast, and I'm very excited to be sharing with you one of my self-love interviews. This interview with Jonathan Miller brought up a lot of different things that I hadn't thought about. For example, have you ever thought about the difference between conflict and drama? Well, Jonathan and I talk about this and many other ideas and strategies for improving our communication. Jonathan is a conflict transformation coach, and he's also got his own podcast. The question is, could conflict be normal and neutral? I have to say, I learned so much from our interview, and I had many aha moments. If you actually go and watch the YouTube video, you'll see me literally having aha moments as we go into this interview. Jonathan is a Canadian who's currently living in South Africa, and he's working with local nonprofits alongside his coaching business. There's a lot of goodness in this interview. It's worth listening to it. I encourage you to take notes while um, we go through a lot of this really important work that Jonathan is doing around communication. All the ways to connect with Jonathan can be found in the notes for the podcast. And we encourage you to connect and let us know what your aha moments were from this interview. And if you found that this interview was helpful, please do share it with your friends. That's the thing about a podcast is the easiest way for people to learn about a podcast is usually when someone shares it with them. So if this made a difference for you, please share it with your friend. Thanks everyone. And I can't wait to get into this interview. Here we go. Hello everyone. It's Julie Boya here of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm very, very excited to have a special guest for one of my video interviews. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Julie. I'm really excited that we're making this happen because uh, Jonathan is actually (laughs) several time zones away. He's currently living in South Africa and we connected through LinkedIn. And as soon as I started to look at what Jonathan was doing, I was really excited to bring him on board as a guest. So Jonathan is the founder of Mindful Communication and he is a conflict transformation coach and he's also a podcast host. And I'm sure he'll explain to us what a conflict transformation coach does, but I will tell you that just diving into his content, I've really started to see that this is a person who has actually spent a lot of time really learning and understanding communication and how to deal with conflict and how to connect with people. So I know that, you know, we're going to have a very short time on the podcast in, you know, in the perspective of your body of work, but I am excited to be able to send people your way. What excites me about this conversation with Jonathan is he is a Canadian, um, but he does live overseas. Like I said, he's also a fellow rock climber and he's even been to Vancouver Island, which is so cool. And we're both upholders, which I laughed so hard when I read that because a lot of people don't even know the Gretchen Rubin (laughs) personality types. And I don't meet a lot of other upholders. So you guys can Google that on your own. But Jonathan, uh, I'm really excited to hear the story because there's a lot of little pieces that I've mentioned, but I'd love for you to kind of 
give us the whole thing of how you got to where you are living in South Africa as a conflict transformation coach. Good. Yeah, so it actually goes much further back. There's like a whole pre-South Africa aspect to the story. And yeah. it's really where I got interested in um, just the realm of communication in general. And it started about uh, five years ago, more than five years ago, when uh, it was my girlfriend at the time. She's now my wife, so we know that the story has a happy ending. <laughs> and we had always dreamed of um, doing the van life. Now, I'm sure if your listeners know what the van life is, but this is this really popular trend where people buy vans and they go and travel around and live in them. And as a rock climber, as Julie had mentioned, this is like actually a really popular thing to do. It's just a great way to go around, check out national parks, do some rock climbing, live in nature. Uh, and so, you know, for years we had been talking about doing this you know, we saved up our money, we were really disciplined. And one day we quit our jobs. And we were like, let's do this. Let's go live in a van. And we I just I remember the day we, we left for this trip, and we were so excited. I mean, we were just like gonna fulfill in our dream, we eventually, you know, made it to Vancouver Island on this trip. That's when we, we kind of visited your your neck of the woods, Julie. Um, but that excitement really lasted about, I would say like two or three days. Because within that short time frame, we had already started to encounter some trouble. And it was really surprising because we had a really strong relationship. Um, you know, I'm a pretty friendly guy. She's also really friendly. And we, I mean, we were living together for a year before that. Um, so, you know, we got along really well. But when you put two full, you know, fully grown, grown adults in like a tiny little space, like smaller than a jail cell, um, you get into each other's personal space. That's the, that's, that's the gist of it, right? And it really came to when we, we were cooking dinner one night. We had like a little kitchen inside our van, which is super cool. And uh, we were cooking dinner one night. And I said to Laura, my, my girlfriend, now my wife, I said, hey, can you, um, can you get me that thing? And she like snapped at me. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening? And, and it had happened several times. And it had ended up in some bickering, some arguing, not like full blown, like yelling and stuff like that, but it, it caused some tension. And, and we, we put the brakes on, we were like, okay, what is happening here? And we had the, at least the, the willingness to partner up and be like, okay, yeah, something is up. That's really weird. Why? I don't know why I'm even snapping at you. Let's break this down. And what we noticed was that just in terms of our upbringing, you know, I grew up in this household. Um, there's three of us just my mom, you know, it is, it is just us three kids fighting for attention. You just got to yell when you need something. That is kind of how we operated in our household. My wife, not so much. It was just, just her and her mom. It was all about patience. It was all about being quiet and waiting. And so naturally when I, what happened is we noticed that when I would say, Hey, can you get me that thing? She would hear it as, Oh, stop what you're doing right now and get me that thing. And what I just mean is like whenever you have a chance, but that's not what she heard. And that's not what I said. And so when we really discovered this, um, we came up with this like commitment that like, okay, I'm going to start saying, you know, when you have a moment, I'm going to make requests and say, yeah, when you have a moment, get me this thing, unless it's urgent. And her, on her end, she was going to partner with me, know that I'm practicing, that I'm like st still working on kind of getting this down. And lo and behold, the problem was solved. And just like that, the conflict disappeared. And I'm like, whoa, something is up here, right? Yeah. 
there is something with this communication thing here. And I always thought I was a great communicator. I mean, like, I'm a really, really friendly, friendly guy. I was a project manager before. I worked with lots of different teams. So I would always get along with most people, of course, those difficult people, right? But it's their fault, not mine. And, you know, what I ended up doing is I came up with this huge plan to like read. I was, I was unemployed. I had lots of time on my head. I read all these books. I was, um, I, you know, I, I was practicing all these communication systems. Um, and really rigorously practicing like what worked, what didn't work. And, um, you know, I, I hurt my wife's feelings more than a few times. Um, but, um, you know, I decided to carry forward and move through and practice and practice and practice. And I came to this amazing point where I have this incredible relationship with my wife. We have this amazing connection. We're really able to talk about issues before they get too severe. And that expanded not just beyond my personal relationship, but also my relationship with my friends, with my family, it completely transformed that kind of stuff. And so fast forward to where I'm at now. Um, now we're, we're just, we're in South Africa, mostly because we've had some opportunities open up here. Um, I've, I've since started my own coaching practice where I, I do this kind of communication and conflict stuff. And um, there were some opportunities here to work with some local nonprofits. So we're bringing some coaching to them and consulting on those mm -hmm. projects. Um, but mostly I'm, I'm still coaching and um, yeah, and focusing really on conflict. Cause I think that's at the source of a lot of people's troubles in terms of relationships mm -hmm. and the idea, um, Julie, to answer kind of like talk about this transformation thing, which we can dive into. Um, it's about using conflict and not just kind of like dealing with it, but actually transforming it, hmm. transforming it into something completely new. And with that shift in perspective, what we get to see is conflict is not necessarily like a plague. It's not like something that's like put on us, um, but it's rather something that we can use as a tool for change and as a tool for growth. Um, and that's kind of the, the juice behind it. So um, that's kind of like a little, bit of, a little bit about me and how I got here. Oh, this is, I, there's a lot of goodness from just your introduction. And I want to mention that, uh, you talk about how, you know, you and your now wife, like communication is the foundation of your relationship. My husband, Dan and I, we've recorded a few podcasts together and our second one was the secrets of a successful marriage. So we've been married. Uh, it will be 11 years this July. And our number one thing has always been honest and open communication really from the beginning. And I'm not sure why, maybe because I'm divorced and you know, that was part of the experience is the lack of communication. But I think what you said is that when you have really good communication and, and communication that's like in a language that we're both speaking, right? Like you said, you had to change the way that you were speaking so that she understood what you were saying in her language. And that's kind of where we've gotten to as well. And I do feel like it's an untapped secret. People often ask us, like, you guys seem to get along really, really well. And we just say it's because we're very open and we communicate and we're honest with, with each other. We don't let stuff linger. We don't carry stuff around. So this is an exciting topic that um, I want to spend some time on. And one of your blogs actually that you just wrote recently was this difference between conflict and drama. And I was like, huh, hadn't really thought about that as something different and how the two are related. So can we dive into that just a little bit? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. So just to kind of catch up uh, our listeners, um, our viewers on kind of what this is about is mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a distinction I actually heard a long time ago um, by uh, a guy named Nate Regeer, who does some amazing work with organizations around a conflict. And um, since then, it, I've really kind of blown this out a bunch more and really have developed this idea of seeing conflict not necessarily as um, a bad thing. And this kind of ties into this conflict transformation at the end of the day. The, the perspective that I'm, I'm I've taken with conflict and I encourage my clients and um, you know, when I do workshops as well around conflict is that conflict is actually a very normal and natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. uh, it is part of every relationship, um, whether small or large. Um, and it's just, it's, and it's inevitable. It's unavoidable. It's kind of like change. Change is just something that happens in the world. You can't, you know, the more you resist it, the more you're going to end up suffering. And the more we resist that conflict or what we, a typical behavior that we do is we avoid conflict. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, and then that comes out in, in, in relationships in all sorts of ways. Um, but the more we do that naturally, um, we, we can, sorry, we can, we can come to realize that that's actually a natural, normal phenomenon and it's actually inevitable. And so what I came to the realization is that like, well, if it's this normal, natural phenomenon, is it necessarily a bad thing if it's happening? And when I really put that to the test, I started to realize that actually there's no good or bad about conflict. It, conflict just is. It's a, actually, it's a neutral phenomenon as well. And it's the conflict then transforms into something. And that's something that we would deem as good or bad. And then I categorized it as drama when it turns out to be something that we don't want necessarily. Um, and then there's also the flip side of what does it look like when there's no drama? And in fact, we use conflict as a tool for growth and change and creativity. Um, what does that kind of look like? So uh, a great example of kind of how this really came about was, you know, we're talking about how I, I came here in South Africa. I mean, that's a pretty massive transition, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. it's pretty understandable that, you know, when we got here, things would be a little turbulent. We're, you know, new country, new continent, new culture. It, we, we do not get the same things at the grocery stores we get in Canada. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. So there's lot, lots to figure out. And, um, my wife and I experienced some conflict in our relationship, but what I just noticed about the way that we handled it was just, we uh, handled it very productively. Like we kind of noticed it right away. And what we ended up doing with this conflict is that we, we ended up creating all sorts of new structures, new habits, and new ways of thinking in our relationship, still stuff that we use to this day, um, not to get too much into examples, um, but basically we put in some of these new ideas and we still have them to this day. And it's really what came of this conflict was actually this incredibly productive thing that now I cannot imagine living my life without. By the way, it was, it was a time management thing. So I know. I was like, you need to tell us, like, please yeah, okay, tell okay. us. I want to hear more. So, you know, <laughs> we were kind of planning our schedule separately and we just realized how important it was to plan together. It seems okay. like a really small thing. Um, but we just didn't have that structure in place mm -hmm. and we had to have that conflict happen in order to realize, Hey, something is up. And then that conflict, like a source of energy is going to drive some sort of change in the relationship. And it can go two ways. 
it can either go to this drama where we start pointing fingers, blaming, criticizing, worrying, withholding communication, all those unhelpful ways of communicating in relationships. Or we can drive it this other way where we come up with these new creative solutions. Um, and that's what we ended up doing. And it was awesome. And um, yeah, just using that conflict, that tension uh, to create something uh, fantastic in our relationship. That is a really amazing way to actually think of conflict as going in one direction or the other. I, I hadn't really thought of that before, but yet I am practicing it in my own life. I would say mostly with my husband. So you've kind of opened my eyes that perhaps there are other places in my life where I can do a better job of that. So I do really appreciate it. By the way, these interviews are really just about me learning stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, my community gets to learn. I kind of feel like I'm you know, getting my own little coaching session here and just my, you're opening my eyes to things that I just hadn't thought of when we talk about conflict. I recently did an interview with a friend who is a practicing yogi and you also mm. do a lot of meditation and, and that work is really important to you. And we talked about how, you know, going through the darkness and the difficulty is that catalyst for growth. And that's it. I mean, the conflict, mm -hmm. like you said, can be, is neutral. We look at it, but it could also be a catalyst for growth, which yeah. we is unavoidable. Just like we're all in this crazy change right now. So I'm curious because we talk about conflict, perhaps being part of this growth or change or a positive thing, but how exactly can we apply that in our life. Like when we're dealing with a difficult person that, like you said, like they're the ones with all the drama and the conflict, how do we use some of these strategies and maybe learn from it or grow from it? Cause sometimes I'm going to be honest, I'd rather just walk away because it's, it's overwhelming and it's too much. And energetically, you mentioned about energy. It's, it is too much. So what's your take on that? That's, that's a great question. It's also a big question. So let's kind of break it down a little bit and make it manageable for the sake of our conversation here. This instance that happened with my wife, this has taken years to get to. Okay. Yeah. So it did not happen overnight. And it's just like everything that you probably talked about in the show a bunch, and you're going to talk about it a bunch more in the show. It's a practice. You just got to practice it. You're going to mess up a bunch of times. I promise you that you're going to have a way more drama I'm still not devoid of drama in my life. I fall into the same traps as everyone else, okay? So there are, the, there are these deeply, deeply ingrained automatic reactions that we have been practicing our entire life, and especially communication habits. I mean, communication is not some, it, it's something that's mostly unconscious and unintentional. So what do you, like, what do I mean by that? I mean, if you think about it, our, our, I mean, Julie, where, where did you learn to speak English? I actually learned to speak English as my second language. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Okay. First, first language. My first, first language. language is French. And yeah, I learned learn? that, you know, from my parents and the community we were in at the time. And That's then when right. I was four, I learned English from outside of my home, actually, because we still okay. spoke French at home. Okay. And, and your parents, um, they're, they were French speaking. Yeah. And um, they grew up French speaking as well? They did, yeah. And they learned, where, where do you think they learned uh, how to speak French? Well, my dad learned to speak French from his parents overseas from France, although his mom was also Italian. So maybe more from his dad. I don't know. That's a good, I'm going to ask him that question. And then my okay. mom grew up in a French speaking home in Canada. Okay. 
Yeah, and and the key word there is like home, right? Home plays a huge role. Mm. There's also like the society, the community as well that plays a role, right? Um, but we can see, and and I invite your listeners as well, you know, how hereditary language is. It's just something that's handed down to us. And it's this example of like the fish in water, right? The fish doesn't realize that it's in the water. It just is around it. And the la- our language is the same way. It just It is just happening around us. And most of the time, we're just not aware of how our language is formed and how we're using it. Everyone's talking a certain way, and that's just how we end up talking. So going back to the initial question of how we can take this in, because we're like digressing. We're opening up some, some oh, candles. This is, here, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I don't know. If you're not watching the video, you need to go back and watch the video because my face is like, like big facial there's there's a stunned look on julie here right now yeah because you're just you're you're making me think of things that i just hadn't even you know it's like that unconscious um like you just don't even know that what you're not aware of and i think what i really enjoy about this conversation is that you're just making me aware of things that i just didn't even know hadn't even Mm -hmm. thought of that example of language just being hereditary and we don't think about how we speak because we're just speaking that's like a big light bulb moment for me. So mm. you can please continue your story. I just, I had to mark that. I, sometimes I feel like I want to take notes during my own interviews. So I will when I yeah. listen again. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. So, you know, and a great light bulb moment to have because that really starts to give us pause where we get to start bringing um, just a quality of presence to our conversations. And, you know, one thing I've noticed for myself, and this is probably the biggest thing of the conversations, is most of the breakdowns that I have in communication, it just, beca- it just comes because I'm not being present. I'm not really being with the other person. I'm just in my own head worrying about my own things. That is probably the source of, I'd say, 99% of conflicts that I have. And also, just like you, Julie, like probably mostly with my, uh, with my wife, especially because I'm in lockdown right now. I'm spending a lot more time, you know, with her than usual, which has been absolutely wonderful and gives lots of opportunities for breakdowns, conflicts, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, for your listeners, without going into a huge thing, I mean, this is something that uh, I work with clients on a weekly, month, like, you know, bi-monthly basis. It takes a long time. It's taken me years to get to the point where I'm at. I would just say, start just noticing, you know, start noticing the way that you're speaking start noticing the way that you're reacting to some of these more challenging situations. Um, and just, just continue to practice, bring that quality of presence. Ask, why is this person telling me this thing? Why is it important that they tell me this thing right now? And I think also, Julie, you know, one, one strategy that you kind of use is sometimes you just can't handle it, you walk away. That's fine too, especially, you know, if we're feeling like a lot of tension around something, if we're feeling really aggravated all of a sudden, and we have the awareness to notice that we're starting to feel that like in our chest and our face and our arms, wherever it is. And we call that time out. And we're just like, you know what? I can't talk about this right now. I'm going to head out. I would say that's a great decision because we definitely don't want to be going into these conversations saying things we're going to regret because that is way harder to deal with than, you know, just taking the break and walking away um, where you get some time to calm down, reformulate your thoughts kind of get back in and try again. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually one of the strategies that my husband uh, uses. And when we first got together and we'd be fighting and he'd just, he would just go to his computer. So he's a video game streamer and he does video games. That's how he releases his anger and frustration, right? On the computer, which is very healthy actually. 
but I would follow him. Right. And I'd be like, no, we're not done. We're not done. Like we need to get, and he'd be like, I can't talk to you right now. Like I, I, the, there's a, his tone of voice changes, his face changes, his body changes. He knows he's self-aware. He's like, I need to leave. And I would follow him. And I mm. learned over time that if I let him go and he diffuses the anger and the frustration, usually the next day, do you know that rule about like, you have to solve your problem before you go to bed. I'm like, that actually doesn't work for us. It's actually better for that space. And then we come back and if there's an apology, we apologize or we just, we get back to what were we actually arguing about? So I'm glad you mentioned that, that, that self-awareness to know that right now, give me the space that I need to deal with this. And then the other partner, the listening and hearing you say, okay, I'm done right now. Give me the space. And I think that's where some of the more difficult relationships that I have in my life is mm -hmm. we aren't listening to each other about understanding when it's time to stop the conversation and yeah. come back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, if I can add in just uh, something, mm -hmm. I think a, a powerful thing to do is to always create that, like to really say that thing. So when your husband says, I can't talk right now, it, you know, there, there is an opportunity and, and it's, it's, it's hard when we're really triggered, when we're really activated to, to remember to do this. But again, just a practice, just being like, you know what? I need to take a break. I really want to talk to you. I want to resolve this. I know it's important for you to resolve this as well. And I can't, cause I'm going to say things I regret and that's not a road that we want to head down. So give me a break. And I promise in the next 24 hours, we're going to resolve this. Now, if I said something like that, how would you feel about like a situation? How, how might you feel like theoretically? I would feel like knowledge, right? That there is really something that's really upsetting me or frustrating me. And you're acknowledging that we want to work through this, but not in this exact moment. And I think that's mm -hmm. very wise because, you know, I'm listening to a lot of what you're saying and a lot of being a good listener and you're an excellent listener, by the way, I, cause you're picking up on things and remembering them. And I love that. But being a good listener is really meeting that other person's needs and acknowledging that you've heard them. So that, yeah. that's how I feel. Acknowledge that you've heard me, and, but I can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. Being self-aware, though, too. Then I would, I'm, I'd be proud of my husband for being self-aware. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. yeah, like actually knowing, oh, something is up and then communicating that. And I think you hit that so on the head, just acknowledging the other person, right? Because they're, they're also dealing with something right now. And that's... Yeah, that's important now, to, to mention. You, I want to switch gears for a sec because you've mentioned many times about a practice, right? And I use that term a ton. I use that term to about a gratitude practice and how you mentioned as well, like you still have conflict in your own life and challenges with communication. Well, I'm not grateful all the time. <laughs> I can promise you that. I am practicing gratitude on a daily basis and every day I get maybe a little better some days I don't. <laughs> Some days are tough days. Sometimes they're tough days because of, of my lack of communication or misunderstanding. It's harder to be grateful. So you mentioned um, that you're really interested in this mindfulness and meditation and this kind of practice in your life. Where does that all fit in? Like, How are you finding the time to use practice, mindful practices and meditations in your, I mean, you've mentioned all these things that you're doing and the ways that you're relating with your wife and all that. How on earth are you practicing meditation, mindfulness, and gratitude? So my practice, I started practicing 
I got interested in my like meditation, I don't know, like five or six years ago. And it was one of those things. I just like, I read lots of articles and like, Oh, I should probably do this because you know, it's probably good for you. That's what all the science is saying. So I'm just going to follow this blindly. But I really got into it when I actually attended my first meditation retreat. Um, so I was always interested. So my wife, my wife and I went to one of these 10 day silent retreats uh, and it was incredible and powerful for me. And um, uh, after, uh, so I went to one retreat and um, I started kind of mostly maintaining a practice. I was meditating one hour a day after that, um, which was super impactful for me. Um, but then I did another retreat um, and this was kind of tied into that van trip. And um, it was that that second retreat that I was like, wow, this is this is so important to me. I see so many tremendous benefits from it. Um, and so now it's a huge part of my life. I have a regular practice. I practice every single day. Um, and um, I can't say that I'm like stoked to sit down and meditate for like, you know, all this time. There's like a million things on my mind. I got like you know, my business I want to run, I want to watch the show, I want to read this book. But at the end of the day, like what I'm really committed to and what I know is, is like really important for me is like sitting down and taking this time for myself and meditating. Um, and so that has had a major impact on my life. I can't quantifiably tell you exactly what impact it's had on my life. But in, in general, this practice in particular, it's kind of like a body scanning practice. So you kind of scan your body, you feel the different sensations around your body. And the idea behind this practice is to notice the sensations and not react to them. And so essentially what I'm doing here is I'm practicing not reacting. I'm practicing not reacting so that when things happen in life, I'm not reacting. If a difficult situation arises, I'm not reacting. If someone says something hurtful to me, I'm not reacting. And so that ends up bringing more peace into my life because I'm not as reactive and we're not, I'm not kind of blindly, you know, just saying whatever comes to mind that ultimately gets me out of a lot of hot water. Yeah. And uh, you know, a huge part of the practice as well, if you've spoken about meditation um, on this show before, uh, a lot of meditation teachers will tell you the same thing is like, you know, your mind will drift. It always does. It always will. That's, that's what it does. The mind drifts like the, you know, the mind thinks like the heart beats, right? And when it does, that's not a problem. It's, it's perfect. It's like, it's like a rep. And all you're going to do is you're just going to bring it back. And the attitude with which you bring it back is so important because if you're going to get angry and frustrated when you're bringing it back, guess what you're practicing? You're practicing anger and frustration. But if you bring, bring it back with joy or humor, or just even neutrality, if you're just like, oh, my mind drifted again and bring it back, then that's what you start to kind of cultivate. You start to cultivate those attitudes in your life. And that permeates every area of your life. So that's kind of my, my kind of world of it. I don't know if there's any practices that you've talked to um, your listeners about, Julie. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot because we focus on, I actually ask a lot of all of my guests about their different practices and things. And, you know, for gratitude practices, I try to keep it simple in the beginning so that we can just learn to remember to be grateful. In my podcast, my business is called Wake Up With Gratitude. And my biggest practice is the reminder to just choose to wake up and give thanks for the gift of another day. Mm, and it's, so good. it is also a great moment to 
to do that body scan. Like we have, I've mentioned a gratitude body scan when you first wake up in the morning is to just be grateful for your toes and wiggle your toes and that remembering that your body is a miracle and that mm. it's pretty amazing. I want to touch on one quick thing that you said that I just want to pull out of that about your practice is you had mentioned earlier that conflict itself is neutral. And when you talk about this ability to have non-reaction, I hear that if conflict, because it's neutral and it's how I'm reacting to the conflict that either sends it towards drama or growth. So this, I feel like there's this beautiful circle from your mindful meditation practice that helps to deal with conflict. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, my meditation practice has had a massive impact on uh, my ability to handle conflict in my life and to uh, nurture my relationships in general. Um, and especially with my wife, I mean, she also meditates, so that kind of helps, right? Um, but even my most challenging relationships in my life, whether it's with family or just people that I meet, um, it has a huge, huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. So as you wrap things up, I like to ask you to share with our listeners or those who are watching just one tip. So one thing that they could do today. Julie, you're killing me. One I know. Are you serious? You, they were going to get it thing. down to one? But it's something that they could apply today or maybe they can stop doing or start doing. Just one thing. If someone only gets one little thing from this whole interview, what do you suggest? Could, I, could, you, get, could you give me like one and a half? Could I have like one and a <laughs> All half? All right, you can have one and a half. Okay, the ha here's the half. Here's the half. It's, it's based off something you said. You said about feeling gratitude every morning. I think that's wonderful. Gra gra gratitude practice is also part of my meditation practice. And uh, I read this in, uh, recently. I, I listened to the audiobook of The Four Agreements. I don't know if, mm -hmm. if, if you read it. Beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. And um, they have these kind of like meditations at the end. And just one thing in particular I picked up on, which I absolutely loved. It's this idea of feeling grateful when our needs are met. And that is so easy to do at any moment of the day because at every moment you're doing something called breathing. And so all of a sudden your lungs, they really want air. And so you breathe in. Wow. My need for breathing in is met. And then I can only hold my breath for so long. And then I breathe out. Oh, wow. I just met my need right there. You're just constantly meeting your needs. Isn't that beautiful and wonderful? Oh my goodness. So I just thought I'd throw that in, but okay, here's my serious one thing to leave with. Okay, that was your half. I can get your that one. Was my half. Here's my real one. Is the, uh, your access to um, really living um, a, a life really uh, free of so, many of the, so much of this tension and so much of this suffering, I think is gonna come from forgiveness. And uh, I know we didn't talk about that on this show, um, but it is something that's true to my heart and getting in communication with people and just apologizing, even if you're not hundred percent ready to just do it and have that conversation. Cause once they're gone, you can't have that conversation. And there's this, the, the quote is something like, you know, uh, I don't exactly know the quote, but it's like kind of like resentment is, you know, is drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. Or something like that. Right. And just holding on to that is not serving is not serving you i can promise that it definitely does not serve me when i hold on to it and so i reach out get in communication with the person um, apologize if you're not sure if there's something going on weird between you call them 
uh, you know, give them a call and ask them like, hey, I have this crazy story that you don't like me or this thing that happened really put something between us. Is that true? Is there something going on there? And then just listen to them and be with them and be with their communication. It will make a world of difference for you. Let me tell you. I loved it, even though we didn't talk about it in detail. We didn't talk about it's it. a simple I know. thing that we can do, and it is a very, very powerful practice. So I've really, really enjoyed our time together. It has been absolutely wonderful. I've had so many light bulb moments. I would love to hear from those who are listening and watching about where the light bulb went off for them. Jonathan, people are definitely going to want to connect with you after this podcast. So where do we find you? Let me tell you where you can find me. Julie will also be sure to include this in the show notes, I right? I will. Yeah. My website, mindfulcommunication.me is the place to, to find me. Um, on there, by the time this comes out, I may or may not have this uh, a, a four-part training, conflict transformation training series. So you can check that out. It's going to be free as well. Some wow. amazing communication uh, training that I'm going to be dishing out there. Um, and you can also check out... Um, uh, my conflict tool is called Tough Talks Made Easy. Um, and it's basically a consultation with me where we roadmap a tough conversation that you're going to have, have you feeling empowered so you can deliver in your most powerful, natural way. Um, and then for this show, there's going to be a, a little discount code, Grateful50. So if you use that within a month of this episode coming out, then you'll get 50% off of that. So that's, oh, that's very generous of you. And you're also on LinkedIn and you're on Facebook and you're on Instagram. And there's a ton of content and you've got your own podcast, which that's right. The mindful communication yeah. podcast, make sure to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out and subscribe. So you're downloading the new episodes when they come out. I am going to be diving into even more of your content uh, after this interview, because you share so much that I think is so relevant, especially with what we're going through right now. There's never been a more important time for clear communication, for mindful communication, and for forgiveness and for caring about each other as human beings. So thank you, Jonathan, for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.